The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. excited about this episode for I think a couple different reasons so if you're listening to this uh, more than likely you like us have been in your house for the last two months and have had to stretch your thinking of maybe like the way your job has changed so like maybe you are now like doing everything at home like virtually or maybe you're an essential health care worker health care worker or um, work of any kind that is essential and having to sort of shift maybe scheduling, thinking about how to take care of home when you have to be away from it so much. Um, and so a lot of times when we have situations like this come up, it really forces us to have to think like of different ways to make sure that we are like bringing in an income and what does that look like um, no matter what the circumstances are. So that's not to say that any of us are unhappy with our jobs, but when you have this much time to sit and think about it, you always sort of are like, what's a better way to do this? Or what's a a way I can add to what I already have going on um, that might be useful, especially at a time like this. And so the thing that came to mind for me for sure is like those of us who go on to earn advanced degrees, specifically terminal degrees, um, a lot of times we feel like, you know, we really, and we've talked a lot about this on the show, but just, you know, we spend, you spend a lot of time and money and energy putting into this educational investment Um, And sometimes people get on the other side of that and they're kind of like, okay, where's my like high paying job with my company car and my 401k? Um, 
just because you finished the degree. And while it does, you know, having those letters, it helps. I'm not going to lie. But it's not an automatic thing. And I think sometimes people get really um, sort of their thoughts get distorted of how they can use the degree. They sort of only think of it in terms of maybe the reason you originally set out to go back to school. So, right, if you went to law school, then you're like, okay, I'm going to go be an attorney only. And or if you got a PhD like we did, you think, oh, I'm only going to be in the classroom or um, in our cases as counselors, maybe I'm only going to be in the therapy room. And there's just so many more options um, when you give yourself time to think about it in a different way. And so when you start to have those thoughts of like, man, I really don't feel like I'm getting the full like profitable return on my investment of going to school, then that probably means you haven't started to stretch your thinking yet um, to sort of figure out what ways you can uh, bring more income in or just like I called our blog posts uh, broadening the bag instead of just, you know, obtaining the bag or securing the bag, like being able to know that you can um, stretch it a little further and really get the most out of your doctoral degree. And so um, I wanted to dismiss those thoughts of like, oh, yeah, as soon as you get the degree, everything is just going to change and money's just going to be falling from the sky for me, for you because that's just that's just not how it goes. Um, I definitely think that post degree life is still a grind and you, you know, yes, you have the credentials now and you can turn those years of schooling into like definitely ways to change your lifestyle and, um, how you sort of go about bringing in extra income. Um, but I think it's really being able to be intentional and it has to be something that fits you in order for it to work. So I thought of three ways, um, that really, I think speak to, If no matter kind of what field you're in or um, how you chose to go about getting your degree, um, that you can create some ways to broaden your bag. So my first tip um, is adjunct teaching. I think this one's like the easiest no matter what field you're in. So I have friends who are attorneys. Um, You got folks like us with PhDs. I have friends who are doctors. And so like it's just an easy, quick way to be able to, one, yeah, get back in the classroom if that's your thing, but also being able to sort of understand that you probably have an open door just by going back to maybe your former department or looking for postings for teaching opportunities online, wherever you might live now. Um, and usually if you can find something that's within your field of expertise and there's an opening, they will take you. Um, and it's not like a, a given thing, but it really is a good way semesterly. Maybe you can, I'm, so right now, the way that my life is set up working in athletics, um, fall is the better time really for me to teach. And spring, I will do sort of teaching by doing clinical supervision, which is a little bit lighter. Like I don't have papers to grade and that sort of thing every week because spring is just busier. And so the good part about adjunct teaching is that usually you get to choose um, when, whether or not or when you actually teach. Most times it's sort of just a contracted thing. Like a course may come up, they'll actually, if you want to teach it, you say yes or no, and that's that. And so um, typically, depending on the school, obviously, you can earn extra income up to $2,000 to $2,500 a semester. And that might be that you're only having a class once a week, or maybe if it's an undergrad course, it might be twice a week um, for like an hour, an hour and a half. And so it's definitely worth being able to sort of think about other options for yourself so that you can kind of keep your finger on the pulse of like practitioners and training for whatever you're doing. Um, and it also can serve as just a nice in-game opportunity if you decide later when you are done with being a practitioner in your field, whatever that field is, maybe you want to go into then full-time teaching. You will have that teaching experience 
under your belt and on your resume. So Dr. Bell and I both um, have adjunct taught, um, if that's a real phrase, adjunct taught. Um, and I think that that, <laughs> and I think that that has, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it creates a lot of like nostalgia sort of too, remembering being in the classroom yourself. And so you have good moments where you laugh as you're grading papers and you're like, really? Um, and then you have those moments where you're like, man, this is a proud moment to see like right. my class finish. Like I know Dr. Bell posted about that not too long ago at the end of sort of, you know, a semester for her getting to then call some of her students doctor for the first time after they've defended, or even if it's, you know, at the master's level, just to be able to congratulate them for completing um, such a big task. So I really enjoyed adjunct teaching. How about you, Dr. Bell? What are your thoughts on adjuncting? Yeah, I definitely enjoy it. Um, I I love it because it, it allows you to be the professor that you wish you had had. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my my first semester um, teaching at the university that I teach at, I teach grad students, both masters and doctoral students. Um, my master students still text me like they mm-hmm. like I got a text from one and the other day because in such a short time we built a, a relationship. Um, I check on them, they check on me about family, and um, we watch the same shows. So, me up and like, hey, did you watch this episode? It is more so they saw somebody that looked like them in that space, mm-hmm. uh, in a place that they, um, you know, are, are pursuing. So um, it, it just kind of hit home for hit home for them, um, and we've been able from that to build and to cultivate um, a, a great relationship. Um, hopefully, I get to teach them again. But if not, I, I'm pretty sure that you know we'll be um, in contact. Um, throughout the tenure of um, their pursuit of their master's degree, so um, it's just it's it, it's great, you know. Like you said, my some of my doc students this semester uh, actually defended, you know, um, during the tenure of the class. So, um, you know, I was one of the first professors to be able to say, you know, hey, doc, come on in, and I know how that feels, you know, mm-hmm. once you move in and they say come back in the room, hey, hello, doctor. Like it's just oh Jesus, yes. You know, I, 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 I was so excited to be able to do that and throughout the entire class. Like I was just like doctor this, doctor that, and they were like, oh, it just sounds so weird. And I was like, no, get used to it. Mm-hmm. it. Even in the last um, papers that I graded for them, the feedback that I gave them, like I made sure to be like doctor this, doctor that. Like that's who you are now. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. You worked hard, so be able to. So to be able to share in that with them um, and to empathize, sympathize, and set an example and model, mentor, like I love it. I absolutely love it. And like you said, Dr. Poole, um, it's a great source of income. Like mm-hmm. it's good vacation money. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think I'm privileged to be kind of on the up end of that salary as far as per class. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because I had previous experience mm-hmm. in teaching um you know, at a higher, um, in a, in a place of higher education. So, um, it's, it's, it's good money. It's yeah. a good, good addition. It's a good to, little you know, coin. Yeah. It's a nice little coin. So, um, yeah. So that's our experiences. And obviously, you know, for all those same reasons or many reasons why I enjoy it. I, I do think, um, if you are someone who, you know, maybe you have a preference in like, teaching at the graduate level versus undergrad. Um, I always encourage people 
if you can get both. Um, the first time I taught undergrad was way different. So I taught graduate level courses before um, undergrad. So I'd always taught uh, graduate courses and then maybe just a year ago or so um, I taught my first undergraduate course. Oh my gosh, whole different, you know, uh, mindset. <laughs> and, and so, but in that same way, you have to go back and, you know, think about the type of student, you know, that you were. And even though probably if for whatever reason you are pursuing an advanced degree, you probably a little bit of a perfectionist. You probably have, you know, um, maybe stronger study habits or things like that than, than most people. But it's also just to go back and remember like how probably chaotic and um, mixed up was your life when you were 19 versus being maybe a graduate student at 24. And so, um, you offer grace. That's, the, that's what I'll say about the, on the undergrad side. Um, but I have learned to, to love it for what it is and, you know, definitely don't have any plans to just say I would never do it again. And, um, that's actually one of the things that I do each year. So now I, I teach an undergrad one. I just, just do one, just one, um, <laughs> undergraduate course per year. And by year, I mean calendar year. So, <laughs> so, um, and that is just because that's, you know, that is what I have to offer at that level. Um, so, but it's cool at both because at the graduate level, you are getting to be, a part of, you know, someone's journey. And, and like Dr. Bell said, getting to be either that professor that you didn't have, or, you know, really being able to sort of model after some great professors that you had and, and the impact that they had on you, then you pass that down to someone else. So um, adjunct teaching is definitely a way to broaden the bag. Um, another, and this is one and before we hit record, we were kind of talking about this a little bit around like social mm-hmm. media and stuff and, and branding. But now, and again, just the fact that everybody's at home, the thing that I see every time I get on Instagram is everybody is live right then. Like oh everybody. And it actually makes my head hurt immediately. Like I just, I just can't take it. Um, it. but I understand that for people right now, they're like, okay, this is the way for me to connect to my followers or to my constituents or to, you know, my friends even. Um, and so for me, I'm not a person that like goes live. I don't think I've ever gone live. Maybe maybe once, I think on the Ebony's Instagram, I think yeah, I did. We both did um, and I think I just wanted to play around with it. I don't even think I really wanted to do it. But being able, <laughs> but being able to, to know that like building a profitable, a profitable brand um, is definitely another way of like, you know, securing some more income, particularly now in the age that we live in. Um, it's a great way. And a lot of the tools like social media are free to use. You just have to know how to be savvy and navigate them. So, um, so like I was saying, you know, there's everything from, we have these social media influencers. We got celebrities that selling these random products like teas and waist trainers and you know, whatever. And so, um, whatever people think is important. And so at the same time, like, while all of those types of things are really growing in, in popularity around sort of like pop culture, there's not there, while there are a lot of influencers around, you know, expert topics, there's still a gap for sure in like how often you see those type of people going live and promoting a book or promoting those things versus like celebrities and social media influencers. And so, um, really being able to figure out like what is your area, um, and making it more accessible to the public. Um, is actually a really great way to sort of become a, a 
quote unquote expert in your area. And so as social media is so broad, mass media then picks that up. And next thing you know, you could be, you know, a correspondent for an organization or, um, being a contributor for a magazine. And so I think just really being able to sort of figure out the unique ways to insert yourself into those gaps using um, your your personal brand. So if you are a doctor, whatever, who graduated from, I don't know, an agricultural program. And so right now everybody's in this panic because they think like meat is about to start disappearing and like all these things, right? So that's your moment maybe to have a real discussion about like, you know, how does produce work and how does like being able to sort of transport items, food items really, really work. And if that is where you, what you went to school for and you sort of understand that sort of area, this is a great time to sort of hop on that and create a brand for yourself or just create that idea and that concept of you as an expert so that those other opportunities that maybe don't have to do with social media come your way. So like I said, everything from being a contributor for a magazine, offering services as a content expert for like your local news station, um, or really being able to create some sort of professional profile that attracts people to you um, based on like them being interested in your topic. And so, of course, after that, the financial opportunities are potentially endless, depending on how far you take it and, and really being able to do that. And so we've talked about like the fact that while, you know, we love doing Ebony's in the Ivory, we also understand that it's, it's a brand too, and we hope to grow it. And, um, and being able to sort of understand that, that for us, not saying that we're the only folks that obviously know and understand this process, but we're trying to find a unique way to bring it to the world. And that's a part of what Ebony's in the Ivory is and why it then hopefully becomes this continuously growing brand. So it's another way to think about it. Um, as far as broadening your bag. Dr. Bell, any thoughts on that, on brand building? Um, I think I love the example that you gave about really playing into, um, you know, what you're an expert at and what you understand and really seizing the moment um, and being, like, knowledgeable about navigating, um, you know, some of these, um, I don't want to say it, like, hot topic um moments mm-hmm. um, in culture, in society. Um, and I think that um, if you um, are interested in that and, and, and you can navigate, you know, how to really influence and how to use your voice um, to give voice to what you're passionate about, I think it's a great idea, um, especially if your personality aligns with that. That's right. For sure. Yeah. If you have, if you know you have like the gift of gab or that is like yeah. your thing, um, you know, I'm an introvert. I struggle. I have to like work myself up to that. Um, but it's doable no matter what your personality type is. You just need to figure out what works best for you so that, um, you draw in the audience that you're looking for. And then of course the financial opportunities that you're looking for. Um, and then last, but definitely not least, because I think, again, you pick and choose from these as options for yourself based on maybe where your strengths lie or what interests you. Um, but obviously another super, super popular way and in some ways easy when you can find the time, uh, is publishing and consulting. Um, while, you know, for the most part, it would seem that like people aren't really interested in like reading and, um, you know, really looking at an article or a book or whatever, um, putting pen to paper is actually still one of the great ways and maybe not pen to paper because we all type and use laptops, but y'all know what I mean. Um, to really like produce 
literary works that people start to um, cherish and not necessarily saying you have to go write a novel, um, but really being able to figure out, can you, through your writing, um, produce an interest in your field of expertise? So one of the ways that a lot of folks are doing that right now in a, a sort of quick and dirty way is eBooks. Like these are super popular now. Um, more than ever because of the fact that they're usually like an ebook is usually something that might be like a short, you know, and I'm saying short and I know people, unless you've written a dissertation, you're like, that's not short, but like a 50 page ebook is like technically a real, that's a really short book. Um, and those are more popular than ever right now because of the fact that they're accessible no matter where someone is. So they can be on their phone. They can be on an iPad, a tablet, laptop, whatever. Um, and access it. Um, and then obviously, whether it's an ebook or it is an actual textbook or a novel, um, self-publishing is now something people can do like in their home. Um, they've been, there's been ways to create that, almost get it down to a science where you can be, you know, self-publisher. So you don't necessarily have a book deal in order to produce a book, especially an ebook. And so thinking about, you know, how through writing, um, or publishing, that you can create some extra income. And like I mentioned even earlier, like being the contributor for a magazine or something like that is also um, an option. And then similarly on the opposite end, so maybe you're not a writer, but maybe like we were talking about earlier, you have the gift of gab or you're able to take concepts and ideas and present them in an engaging way for, you know, to change organizations and structures, um, offering your skill set and knowledge through consulting work through or to companies and organizations is another way to put that degree to use, obviously expand your reach beyond academia and just, again, that university life or that college level life, but really being able to promote um, your ideas and your concepts. In most cases, really in all cases, all of those of us who decided to pursue PhDs, in part, it was because we wanted to be a contributor to our field. We wanted to have an impact in some way um, on the future of our field. And so by con- doing consulting work, you're putting yourself back in the field and helping um, reshape, restructure, guide, advise um, companies, organizations, and people um, in whatever that is that more than likely you have become more of an expert maybe than them in to help guide them to whatever next level they're trying to get to. And so, of course, you know, having the letters behind your name helps when you send them that invoice. Um, you're able to be able to, you know, validate the fact that you have created either content that they want, um, or you have a knowledge and skill set that they really need to gain access to. And that comes with the price. And so being able to sort of figure out how to do that, I think is also another way to broaden your bag. And so obviously I encourage you if you have not already, even if you don't know yet what it's going to be like, but as you start getting ideas and you start brainstorming, go ahead and form your LLC, secure the name, and then keep thinking about what it'll look like when you're, whether you're doing the publishing thing or the consulting, it's really, really important to be able to have the business side of it, which is what most of us, unless you go and get a PhD in business, most of us don't know that part of it. And so being able to sort of just make sure that you cover your bases there um, so that you can reap the full benefits again of broadening your bag by adding publishing and consulting to your kind of roster or menu of things that you offer. Um, any thoughts on that, Dr. Bell, that last publishing consulting piece? I really, of course, publishing is something that um, most uh, academicians have interest in in general um, and being able to put all of these thoughts that's in our heads daily um, mm-hmm. onto paper 
um, and being able to um, to add to the literature concerning the things that we're passionate about. I think consulting is great too. Um, I know that that looks different um, in different arenas. So even like being invited to speak on a panel yeah. or things like that, being able to um, kind of um, represent your brand there and, and kind of be uh, or utilize um, your expertise to um, kind of sew into other people, I think is uh, another way through consulting that um, you can broaden your bag. And I want to say also, you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, financial um, wellness and uh, getting coins is, is, is absolutely important, but um, broadening your bag too in a sense of, um, adding things to your resume um, that can take you places, even if um, those things, you know, the, the things that you're engaging in, these points, these great points that Dr. Poole um, have given us um, or has given us, um, I think that engaging in that work, um, in a sense, broad, broadens your bag um, from a professional standpoint as well and um, grows you as a professional, as an academic, um, as someone who has a brand. So um, I think it's, it's dual in the sense that you can get your money, yep. um, but you also get that experience um, that can also push you to the next level as well. That's right. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, well, we kind of talked through almost all of our questions in a way um, because we gave examples of kind of what we've already been doing since graduation to broaden our bag but mm-hmm. anything that we forgot or for you when you think about this idea of broadening your bag back when you were first finishing your PhD or even be- maybe before you got started like did you have any misperceptions about like okay once I'm done like this degree about to give me this this and this like did you have that moment or was for you it was more of like I don't know what to do with this shit <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I don't. I don't know. I, I think that the the PhD itself was something that you know. Ever since I saw my dad get a PhD, and I kind of didn't know much about it because I was in high school, and then going with my mom to her defenses, and I'm um, just really getting a feel for how big that was. Mm-hmm. Even even though I hadn't experienced it for myself, um, I knew that for both of them, it was a it was a career changer. Yeah. Um, especially. Um, with my dad, you know, being in business and um, being a HR professional and um, being an expert, you know, in organizational leadership, I knew that that um, the sky was the limit after that. Like that just locked in, um, you know, the things that he's been able to achieve. So I knew that, like you said, you know, it, it definitely those three letters um, definitely um, provide credential for you. Um, to be able to achieve, you know, what you want with the work behind it. So mm-hmm. I kind of didn't, I kind of didn't, I guess, have an idea in a sense. I knew what I wanted to do um, concerning my career, but um, I, I, necess- I wasn't necessarily uh, prepared for the doors that it would open. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has opened a lot of doors, and I, I know that it's going to open future doors as well. Um but I think it's just, it, it kind of reminds me of why we have this brand in the first place. Yeah. Because those things weren't talking about, you know, mm-hmm. when we were pursuing our degrees and we, nobody was telling us, hey, you know, you can publish and you can cons- be a consultant and um, you can build your brand and you can do this and you can, those are things that we had to, that we kind of stumbled upon.
upon. Mm-hmm. Um, even with um, adjunct teaching and things of that nature, um, you know, I know that you were a TA while you were mm-hmm. um, within your program, while you were, while you were mm-hmm. in your degree. Um, but even that conversation isn't always had. Um, so I always tell people who come after me, hey, if you want to, if teaching is something that you want to do, make sure you ask, you know, your professor to be a TA, um, you know, because that's, that's experience that's going to profit you, you know, towards your goal. So um, I think that um, I just, I think we all, I think just didn't know everything that we didn't, we didn't know how expansive getting a degree could be. Mm-hmm. And, and, we didn't know that necessarily all of the opportunities that would come from it. Right. I agree. Definitely. I think we couldn't have, we probably did our best to imagine all of them, right. but once you get it and once you then start working with it and in your field more with it, I think you just learn more about what opportunities are out there or you have other experiences where people still continue to enlighten you on the ways you can use it for sure. Um, any final tips or things that we didn't talk about that you want to share about how you broaden your bag or other tips for Ebony's who are thinking about, um, making the most of their degree? I think, like you said, you know, just to, if, if it's in your interest to capitalize, um, on, on what you can do. I know like for me, you know, adjunct teaching, I had taught before, um, but kind of being able to, and it took a while to. Because I moved, so mm-hmm. I didn't have the same connections and the same, um, you know, I couldn't necessarily go back to my old professors and say, hey, can I teach right. this class? I wasn't there. Right. So um, I think that, you know, just being dedicated to that grind and um, not taking no for an answer and um, continuing to keep trying um, and then to be excellent when you're doing it. Um, so that you can continue to be offered. And, um, you know, I made such a great connection with my students um, that they were going back and talking to the program director being like, why don't why don't you do this like Dr. Bell does? And she's like, y'all, she's a counselor. Like, that's her thing. Um, <laughs> like, she makes y'all feel good. Like, like, that's, not, that's not me. That's not what she's I do, like, right. That's, that's not my job. Um, but... Um, being able to um, have that connection with them and, you know, have those great evaluations. You know, she was like, I'll write you a letter of rec for wherever you want to go. If you want to teach more classes, if you want to teach in a different department, you know, let me know because clear, clearly you're effective and efficient at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to be excellent and then like talking to her, like I bounce ideas off her. She sends me literature. So she's uh, assistant professor. Um, seeking tenure so um, if that is something that I choose to do you know in the future like I have that you know ace right. in my pocket That's right. um, and I have um, you know someone in my corner someone that will write for me and not only do I work with her but I work with some of the other um, some of the other assistant professors and full professors and other program directors too so though that is kind of a community um, that I've been grateful to be able to access mm-hmm. um, so just just keep going, like keep at it, like um, explore your opportunities, um, take time to like understand and um, understand where you can go. I like what you said about, you know, registering for the LLC or um, kind of getting a business plan or understanding, you know, how, you know, that works or how, what framework you need to utilize to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. So 
um, it's really just like dedication and um, kind of follow through. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Well, we do hope that these are just a few tips to get you started. So if you are that person that, you know, trying to warn you, no shade about how when you get close to maybe finishing mm-hmm. or, or you're done and like now you're on the job hunt and you're kind of like, oh, why did I get this degree or well, this didn't even help me or, you know, right. I really, I really encourage you to think more broadly about, um, what things you can do, start brainstorming of what that can look like. And you may even find sort of a new, like, niche for yourself and figure out what that looks like, um, you know, for the rest of your career even, or maybe for a temporary time. Um, or like I said, most of us who are at home now, people are figuring out new side hustles and all these other things. And so um, just, you know, don't get discouraged if you are in that, that sort of weird phase where you're done and you're just trying to really understand the value of this thing that you put a lot of time and energy into, um, it is always worth it. Um, if you, if you took that journey. And so just being able to know how to make sure that you remember that, but also get the most out of it so that you can broaden your bag is important. So hopefully these tips will get you going. One more thing, Dr. Mm-hmm. Poole. Um, also tagging like your professors and people who, you know, with the degree that you have and looking to see, cause so many professors have so many side hustles, um, because they just like to pour their gift out. Um, so kind of tagging mentors, tagging professors, mm-hmm. tagging people who've gone where you want to go. Um, if that looks like getting on LinkedIn and doing a search or, um, kind of finding people to model what it is that, um, finding people who model mm-hmm. what it is that you didn't even know that you wanted to achieve. Um, so using time to like, we always say like research, research, research. Um, because, you know, opportunities are out there, um, and if we don't know, we don't know, so it's up to us to kind of figure out um, and kind of get knowledge on where we can go, so that's just one more tip I have. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Always tap into your resources, make sure that you don't lose those connections, because they, they matter, you never know when they come back around and can be useful, so. All right, folks, so we're going to take a quick break right there, and then we'll be back with the second half of our show, which which are our signature segments. And so just take a quick pause, and we will be back. Ebony's, we are back for the second half of the show, which are our signature segments. First up is Dr. Bell's favorite two words to say, culture corner. Culture corner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we have a story today that fits, I think, with um, obviously the time we're in right now dealing with the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic um, and with everybody using technology to continue to kind of get work done and stay connected with people. Um, it has still not stopped people who are biased and hateful from doing um, what they do. And so, so being able to really have a conversation, you know, about what I think is interesting that technology is even take being taken over 
um, by people's sort of biases. And so the story that I found or that I came across is one um, from this past week um, that took place at the University of South Carolina. So basically a group um, Zoom bombed, which is a new thing. If you have not heard of it, you should look it up. Um, it's becoming an interesting trend um, for people because most people are like using Zoom right now to continue to have meetings. Um, I'm doing that with like my clients for therapy. And so um, it's really interesting. And so each spring at the University of South Carolina, the Association of African-American Students um, hold a cookout to celebrate their accomplishments of the past year. But of course, because all of us are at home, they moved it online. And so um, when the students gathered online for that, that cookout, um, there were several people that crashed the party. And so um, one of the uh, members of this group kind of gave details about what happened and basically said that during the cookout, some unknown person, so people who were ironically, I thought not invited to the cookout, um, <laughs> entered, <laughs> entered the room and proceeded to post like images and videos and messages that all contain racial slurs and derogatory language. Um, and just was, again, really hateful and disgusting. Um, and so, of course, you know, the group of students there were completely repulsed by these folks who thought that that was, you know, a good idea for whatever reason. Um, and I thought it was interesting because the group itself, like, put out an apology. And I'm just like, you know, it's unfortunate that in when cases and things like this happen, particularly in higher ed, the group that also had to be victimized also ultimately has to then do sort of the healing and the repairing of things. And so um, Robert Caslin, the president at the University of South Carolina, did issue a statement um, basically said, you know, what happened during the cookout was unacceptable and disgusting and, of course, could not, you know, apologize enough um, for the ignorance of those folks. Um, they did not have details to determine if those were other, like, University of South Carolina students or were these just random people. So that's the thing about Zoom bombing that is just kind of wild is um, it could be anyone. Um, of course, in my mind, my thought would be, well, who outside of the University of South Carolina would know that this particular group there was having a meeting besides some other yes. students? Um, but, you know, you never know. So um, I just thought it was interesting that even, again, in the time of COVID and everything that we have going on, um, there's still all of these continuous issues around race and diversity and, and inclusion um, that we still sort of have to deal with in spite of the fact that like literally there's a disease running rampant outside. And so um, it just was interesting, I think, to sort of figure out how to, you know, how do you support students in the midst of things like this happening while they're just literally trying to gather and stay connected um, for the sake of, you know, community. So um, any thoughts on that, Dr. Bell? It's just pretty obnoxious to me, so that's all I got. I just think it's, first of all, hashtag we tired. We tired. Um, tired. Just tired. Like, I don't understand how people have so much free time and energy. I don't have no energy to Zoom bomb somebody. Right, or to think about doing it. I don't want to be on my own Zoom Right. <laughs> Seriously. That's right. I don't get it. I don't. Uh, do you have nothing else to do? Do you have no family to take care of? You could be reading a book. You could be publishing and consulting, figuring out how to expand your brand, um, getting a advanced. I don't know. Just there's a whole, a whole lot of other things to do. Yeah. Um, with your time, trying to make sure you, you know, are safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, versus 
wasting time doing something so hateful and just uncalled for. Right. Um, I appreciate the university, the president reaching out um, and, you know, expressing disgust um, mm-hmm. about what happened. I mean, I know it'll be probably difficult to track that down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It's just, like you said, it's obnoxious and just uncalled for it. Uh, everybody just make sure you have a password protected Zoom meeting. Yeah, um, you can lock. So now you, Zoom is... Yeah, somebody tried to hack in on my church sermon one time. Yeah, it's crazy so, now. Yeah, so they do stuff like that. Yeah. So um, just we have to protect ourselves as mm-hmm. best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we shouldn't have to protect ourselves from this. From stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Um. So... Uh, don't mm-hmm. don't try it with me. Don't try to don't don't try it in my Zoom room. Just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like just don't, because um, I will find a way to find who you are. Yeah, drop like, the attic. Don't we do can it. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just don't try it. Let let's just leave. Let's just leave it at that. But yeah. um, that is this week's culture corner. Again, just in the time of what we got going on, like that should just be the least of our worries, particularly Please. in trying to connect and stay unified and mm-hmm. enjoy life and celebrate culture. That just should not be so. Um, if you are interested in more about it, I'm sure if you Google University of South Carolina Zoom bomb, I'm sure something will come up. So um, there may be more details later as they investigate, maybe if they're trying to figure out who was involved um, and why. So just a thought for this month's Culture Corner. And then our last but favorite part of the entire show is our Ebony's in the spotlight and I am so excited I feel like I say that every time but I really mean it oh it is exciting (laughs) I really mean it every time um because this is my friend and I feel like she's awesome and I uh when I told her that we were going to be featuring her she's I mean she's super humble she just I don't know. She doesn't really like to be celebrated. And that's also partially why I thought this was important to put her out there because she wouldn't have like done it herself. So, um, so I nominated her and <laughs> made her our spotlight for the month. Um, and so of course, once I told her, she was very excited about it, but I want to highlight, um, or spotlight, um, Dr. Nicole Lennon. Um, Nicole serves as the assistant director, um, of sports psychology and counseling or where they're counseling and sports psychology. Sorry, I mixed that up. LSU is the other way. Um, and so, um, she serves as director there and works with our student athletes on mental health issues. So they're the other tigers. She and I always talk about, or I tell her they can just go ahead and be the Eagles, war Eagles. Um, cause I mean, we know who Mike the Tiger is, but, but I love her, (laughs) right, um, love her so much, um, and so I'll share with you guys just a little bit about her, and it's, like, just some of the great work that she does, not only, um, in mental health, but also, um, just in general, particularly around support for women of color, um, so Dr. Leonard earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from Southwestern Assemblies of God University in 2010, she completed a master's in clinical psych in 2012, an MBA in interdisciplinary business in 2013 and a PsyD um, in clinical psychology in 2015 from Wright State University. She's super duper smart. 
Um, she is a member of the American Psychological Association, the Association for Women in Psychology, and the Association for Applied Sports Psychology. Dr. Lennon is responsible for providing clinical and sports psychology services to individual student athletes. Additionally, she provides mental health consultation and education and team sports psychology services to student athletes, coaching staff, sports medicine staff, and the athletics department personnel. Um, she completed her pre-doctoral internship at the Help Group, which is a group of non-public schools based in the greater Los Angeles area, um, and her clinical psychology postdoctoral fellowship in Chicago, Illinois, at the Cook County Juvenile Temporary Detention. Juvenile Temporary Detention Center. Um, She is a native of El Paso, Texas, um, (laughs) and a former college basketball player. She's also a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority and is the founding faculty advisor for Black Women in Mental Health, which is an Auburn University graduate student organization that aims to increase and promote mental health awareness in the Black community. Um, She's just... Yes, she's amazing. Um, Dr. Poole, I'm just, you know how I feel about timelines. Like, I'm looking at this timeline, it's 2010, 12, 13, 15. I know, right? I skipped the whole Right. The 2010 and the 2012 and the 2013 and the 2015, she got four degrees. Yep. In five years. Five years. What (laughs) a beast. Right. Beyond inspired. Boss. Wow. Boss. Wow. I know. Crazy. Like, who does that? But Nicole Lennon. So, you know. Um, she is definitely someone who, in my mind, um, has made a huge impact, particularly, like I said, for, um, these graduate women, um, who are in the mental health field, for sure. They adore her. Um, and I know that for a fact because I've talked with some of them, um, about my experiences and they love Dr. Lennon. Um, and so, and so do I. She's just been really, a great person to know, um, but also just really sets a great example for everything that Ebony's and the Ivory represents um, and being able to sort of understand. And like we've talked about today, it's sort of this pursuit around, you know, broadening what it is that you want to do. So you can see she's worked in every sort of area around mental health, school-based. She's worked in, you know, the prison system, um, as well as at the university level and in, in sport. And so just really being able to know that they're, is no limit um, to what you can do with your degrees. You have to have sort of that vision of what that looks like and, and being able to kind of go after it. And so uh, we definitely salute you, Dr. Lennon. We appreciate yeah. you for the example that you are being to women everywhere, particularly women of color. Um, and we know that you will continue to make an impact and an influence in the world. And I hope that as my friend, you will just take me with you. It's yes. my life I'm goal. Learning. I'm inspired. Like, yeah. I keep running into people who, like, have done the most and then went the extra mile after that. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's one of those people I can see. I'm inspired. I'm about to go get another degree, y'all. <laughs> just so I can hear Pop and, Cir- um, Pop and Circumstance. Oh, my gosh. Her in this song. I just, one more yeah, time, y'all. Just I'm addicted to graduating. I need to stop. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> no, seriously, though, <clears throat> that's super inspiring. Um, and the fact that, <clears throat> like you said, like, she has impacted so many um, students and women along her journey. Um, That's impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Lennon, we salute you and we are so happy and it is our pleasure to um, highlight you as our Ebony's in the spotlight for this month. Um, And so you guys will get to see all of what we read and more later this month when we post on social media. 
Um, but definitely if you are someone um, interested in the field of mental health or sport or all of those things maybe wrapped into one, um, look her up. She is awesome and definitely someone who is always willing to help. So uh, we salute you, Dr. Lennon, and appreciate you. Yes. So that's it. Here we are. At the end of episode 29. No, crazy. Crazy, crazy. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, we thank you guys, as always, for tuning in and for your continued dedication to everything that we do um, here with Ebony's in the Ivory. We're so excited about so many um, great things still ahead. We have all these wonderful ideas. And just like we try to always encourage you um, to dig into them, we are going to try to do that as well so that we can keep bringing you um, fun, cool, and informative ways to continue to think about this PhD journey for yourself. So more great things ahead. Um, as always, be on the lookout for EITR Tuesday, which is on social media. Um, and make sure that you check us out on all of our platforms as well as on our website if you are interested in touching base with us. Uh, as always, like, follow, and subscribe. And if you would like to highlight um, one of your favorite Ebony's accomplishments for the spotlight, please make sure you send that our way um, as we'd love to be able to let folks know what you guys are up to and all the great and wonderful things and people that are in your lives. That brings us to the end of the show. Until next time, guys. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.